The Hotel News Now Podcast Network introduces Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast with STR's Isaac Colazzo and co-stars Jan Freitag. In this episode, Isaac and Jan chat with Hotel News Now's Stephanie Ricca to unpack hotel performance in the second quarter of 2023. Thanks for listening and visit hotelnewsnow.com for the latest industry news every day. Stephanie Ricca, Editorial Director of Hotel News Now, here again with Isaac Colazzo and Jan Freitag. Last we talked was at the NYU International Hospitality Investment Conference in New York in early June, and we're back with another episode of this exciting podcast. And a couple couple more exciting news uh, bits is that we have a name for this podcast, guys. Now we are called Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast here with Isaac Colazzo, Vice President of Analytics for STR, and Jan Freitag, National Director of Hospitality Analytics for CoStar. Hi, guys. Hey, Steph. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having us back. So I'm in Cleveland right now. You're both in Nashville. The skies are opening up behind you. It is a huge storm that is raging outside of your window. Is that a metaphor for what's happening in the hospitality industry today? No, 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 no. I that, no, no, no. I think what we're seeing today and what we saw in the second quarter is more of some clouds. And so it may be not sunny skies, but it definitely is not storm clouds. Oh, I like that. You went with it. I think uh, what we've talked about internally is this theme of normalization. And I hope that these storm clouds are not normal because they look really scary. And our phones just went off saying that there is a severe thunderstorm threat. But uh, I think normalization, meaning, you know, yeah, a little clouds, a little sun, but a lot more smooth sailing ahead. Things that we've seen in 2017, 18, 19. Yeah, we've hit upon that whole idea of normalization by just looking at day of week patterns. And one of the things we've noticed, and we all knew it intuitively, we knew that Saturdays and shoulder days, excuse me, weekends and shoulder days were really popping last year and the year before that. And so when you look at the data now and you compare it to the same calendar year as 2023, which is 2017, 2006, and 1995, you'll see that everything's actually coming back to what is a normal level for a shoulder day, what is a normal level for a weekday, and what is a normal level for a weekend. Now, that being said, it's not back to that normal area, but it is swinging that way. You can literally see that in the data. And normalization obviously goes both ways. So when we look at the second quarter data, just as an example for urban room rates, in the second quarter there were up 4.8%, resort room rates were down 1.8%. The argument here is, oh wow, resorts had arguably over-indexed and now coming back to a more normal level and urban hotels are still lagging lacking, sorry, uh, corporate transient demand, that's coming back more slowly. And that means that there is more fuel in the tank for urban room rates. But coming back more slowly, let's talk about that. Because if you look at the top 25 versus all of the markets and you look at just demand, what you will see is all of the demand growth in second quarter was in the top 25. And all other markets actually lost demand. So the top 25 really are starting to return. So I think uh, if I remember correctly, demand the top 25 second quarter up 900,000 room nights. And then I think we were down in all other markets by a million something, which is just so you can really see that swing and kind of everything coming back and business travel literally coming back to the top 25. 
Yeah, but so tell me more about that. So we have this ongoing conversation about leisure versus corporate transient versus group. So so where's your head with that, given what you just said? I think leisure is still out there. Actually, I think leisure is strong. It's just not strong in the U.S., right? If you can think about it, so a lot of we've seen, you can see hundreds of articles right now about that Americans shift. overrunning Americans Europe. Americans traveling to Europe, right? Right. So leisure is strong. And, you know, I don't, and Aunt Janet said that there is going to be no recession, Right, so I think leisure Isaac stays Saint strong. Isaac Janet, you you've got some high placed yeah, friends. We do have some high placed friends, but it really, but again, I think leisure is there. So going back to the real topic or of, of leisure, it's there. It's just different, and it is more. Actually, that's probably a little abnormal right now because we have an outflux, or yeah, an outflux is that a word? <laughs> to you know, is now other places other than domestic places, right, Steph? It's just different, and but at the same time, you look at top 25 markets, and you see, again, really solid demand patterns. Again, is it back to where it was? No, but it's also not retreating. It's actually growing steadily. Let me ask you to unpack that word normalization a little bit, which I think would probably be that keyword. If I said, you know, describe Q2 in one word, normalizing, normalization. How do you know the difference between performance trends in general normalizing, quote unquote, or baking in some of these potential economic inflation related concerns that are having a having an impact, having an effect on travel trends. In, you know, it's hard. I mean, that's a very difficult question, not a difficult question, difficult to prove. Right. So the way we've been approaching it is looking at we first started with the idea of looking at weekdays. We're using the same calendar makeup as 2023, as I explained earlier, mm-hmm. because, again, if you look at it, which just, I think has been a fascinating analysis, it's 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 great because you can do all kinds of stuff with it. It's really fascinating because, again, there is so much seasonality in this business. That's the one thing that we c- keep forgetting, that there is seasonality and the way the calendar is com- make is made up can really affect demand patterns. For example, everyone knows that there's a fifth Sunday in a month it really tanks the full month. Well, guess what? Everyone forgot that there was a fifth Sunday in April. So right away, when sun, when we saw April decline, people are going to go, oh my God, what happened? If there's a fifth Sunday. Last year, we had a fifth Saturday. So those kind of things. And that's what led us to this whole idea of, oh, we really need to look at the composition of the calendar as much mm-hmm. as year over year. So going back to your question, the other way we did this is looking at cutting the data in multiple ways. What we noticed was we looked at demand, 2023 demand versus 2017 demand broken up in various ways. We broke it up top 25 versus, um, what do you call it, uh, all other markets. And then we looked at other years. And what you quickly saw was that all other markets were taking more demand than they ever did before in the years of COVID. Mm -hmm. And now if you look at top 25 versus 2019, 2017, you see that it's not back to normal, but it's very close to have, it's getting its fair share, that what was would be, normal share. Right. What I would say the definition of the word normalizing is right. in this case. And the same thing, we saw the same thing in scales. So if you look at the chain scales and you look at the share of demand over the COVID period versus now, what you quickly see that economy and mid-scale over-indexed. They took a greater share, a higher share than they ever had before, and now 
they're go also going back to their rightful place or what was normal for them. Although economy is having some other issues, that's a different subject. But you can truly see when you look at the data going, well, yeah, they were just over-indexing in share. For whatever reason, they got more share during that COVID period than other chain scales. Meanwhile, luxury still flying high? Luxury, you know, what's interesting, luxury is flying high on ADR. It's still, its occupancy has not returned. And that's one thing we actually kind of missed along the way is we kept talking about luxury, but it was really the RevPAR side being driven by the ADR piece. So they still have a ways to come. But this year, what we're seeing is obviously luxury ADRs coming down, but they're in those markets that just exploded after COVID, right? If you think of all the high-end resorts and things, and that high-end traveler now is in Paris and trying to find Emily. So <laughs> I think that's the, uh, <laughs> so I think that's where they went. And the data set that I always steer people towards is actually from the federal government, the I-92 APIS data set, which is from the Department of Commerce. It's free and they build a really slick uh, web interface. And you can see the number of people that came to the United States in 2019 by month and that left the, 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 the United States, the Americans that went abroad by month. And you can compare 2019 to 2023. And it's very clear that we are overextending the number of Americans leaving the U.S. going abroad is up, I'll call that 10, 12 percent by month. But the number of foreigners coming into the U.S. is down, I'll call it 20, 25 percent. And you certainly then see that and feel that in San Francisco, in L.A., in Vegas, you know, and in New York, arguably. And you could, looking at the, at the demand pattern on the luxury side, you could argue that a lot of those travelers that are going abroad are the higher spenders. So it's not that the luxury traveler isn't spending. They're just not spending it in Key West and Miami Beach and Colorado. And another way you can tell that the leisure traveler is still alive and well is, again, not only looking at the outbound piece, but just look at TSA screenings. TSA screenings are actually up 11% year over year. So again, we're not seeing a reduction in people traveling for, you know, that's all travelers, obviously. We're actually seeing an increase in travelers. So if there's an economic impact, we're still not seeing it very clearly in terms of travelers because it's actually everything's going up. It's just a different travel pattern. And there's so still room more about for that the... inbound. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So tell me more about uh, uh, this idea of economic impact. Talk a little bit about the recession probability that we are baking in into our new forecast. Yeah, we the we'll release our new you forecast took the in a couple right of weeks. Out of my mouth. <laughs> well, we're re releasing a new forecast at the HDC at the Hotel Data Conference that we're hosting in about 2 weeks here in Nashville. And um, there's still a few seats left, a few seats, not many, mm, but there's a no, few. No, no seats. No, there this isn't? just in. This just <laughs> in. Hotel Data we're Conference sold is sold out. Well, sorry. Well, <laughs> it's going to be a great hotel data conference then. But um, going back to, yeah, what we baked in, we did bake in a shallow recession, right? So This but year again, still? This year for the fourth quarter and then with going into first quarter of next year. But, you know, there's a lot of debate within this organization and among everyone out there who's listening to this of whether this recession will actually impact the hotel industry or not. Um, there's so many factors. You walk around, you know, here I'm in Nashville this week and you just don't see signs of a recession and you still see a lot of people traveling. But right now we're, you know, we're very, we get very myopic as we see hotels are not as full or Disney World is not as full as it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. And right away we want to equate that to the economy. Is there a portion of people that are not traveling because 
things are a little bit more difficult this year? Yes, of course there is. But is it really being that that impactful impactful for the hotel industry? I'm not sure it is. And I'm actually have lots of questions of whether we'll see a real downturn in the fourth quarter because history tells us based on 2017 and 2006, the fourth quarter should be pretty good given its calendar makeup. Mm. So it's going to be a very, it's going to be a toss up at this point. Jan, agree, disagree? I was in New York City three weeks ago and, and had meetings with, with a bunch of CoStar clients and one or two said, oh, we don't travel anymore. Like if we go, you know, we, we don't go to group events anymore. We don't go to large industry conference anymore. It's just one of us, which used to be three of us. If we want to go to Europe, that needs like approved from three levels up. So I do wonder if we're going to see a slowing in the corporate demand. The good news is that it hasn't fully recovered anyways. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to see a dip. We're going to just see slower growth because our base is so low. And I think that could be a tailwind, even though people are maybe cutting their corporate spend. That hasn't happened yet. They're saying, oh, looking into the second half of this year, let's maybe tread a little shorter. Let's, let's maybe travel a little less. I think that is going to be very, very interesting to see how that impacts September and specifically October, which is traditionally the, the, the largest group demand month. I just think, you know, Jan, I, again, I, it's hard to disagree with that because you were talking to people and that's very important. But there were also an industry that is being impacted by interest rates. And so they are, so it could be industry specific like tech was. So, cause I talked to my meeting uh, planner friends and they're just, they're busy as ever. They can't even, they have so many meetings on the books for the fall that they can't keep up. So it, it really is, it's a very difficult recession to really pinpoint as a, as we saw that, you know, now there's lots of articles saying what recession was in the New mm -hmm. York Times. And so <laughs> I think it's anyone's guess. But I think what I continue to follow, and I know we've talked about this, Jan, is I do follow uh, what, you know, the employment trends and what it, the employment trends still are very solid. And they're solid in the professional sector, which is always good for our industry, because these are the people that are, tend to be college educated, tend to have the income to travel for both business and leisure. And if, then if you take that further and look at unemployment trends of college-educated individuals, even if there is a recession, no one's expecting college-level um, individuals to be impacted that much. Not like 2008 when you heard about mass layoffs in every industry. So this, again, this recession, it could be so different if there is even a recession that um, we may not feel it. Mm -hmm. Then again, it, it's, it, it's, anyone's, it's really anyone's guess. It is the most difficult forecasting time in my 30 plus years in this industry. Well, I was I, and, afraid to say 30. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've got to think, you know, if you kind of put yourself into a bubble into running scenarios in your head and you think, well, what would we be looking at if there had not been a global pandemic? Because of course there, you know, the industry was still approaching a turn of the cycle and the, those types of economic cycle shifts happen all the time but what are different are those elements of work and travel and right. where you are and that part of the culture which i think the hotel industry did not look at as much so far you know before we looked at travel trends and desire travel demand desire but those pieces that have an impact on business travel and being in the office are what seems so hard to put your finger on. What do you all, so both of you have been out and about in recent months talking to people at events, 
you know, interviewing people, yourselves. What do you hear from different segments of the industry, whether it be big brand companies, investors, developers? What are you hearing from peers and counterparts around segments of the industry? It just it's it's over it's all over the board actually it depends what sector of the industry you're right. in who, right because we are optimistic so- right now and who feels eh. I think the business side they're seeing the return of business travel right again it's slow it's but they are seeing it I talked to a hotelier at a conference in Mexico City uh, a few weeks ago. And her thought was last year was abnormal. She goes, we had people in our hotel that obviously normally did not travel. And she said it was just a, it was an abnormal group of people, mix of people, just very different. And she says, what I see today, while it's not as full as it was a year ago, it's the people who used to travel. It's the people that normally stay at our hotels. So that gave her confidence that little by little, like that normalization, normalization yeah, giving back to normal, that it's, oh yeah, people are starting to come out. And then there's also lots of talk, as and Jan knows this as well, regarding this ability to work from anywhere, which gives you the, the possibility of being able to travel while working. So my child right now is in Berlin and is technically working, but is also in Berlin, vacationing. Technically and working. So, and it's like, wow, that's a different. And but that's what's happening today. Now you can do that, and so it it must you know. She's not taking any time off, but and having a good time at night. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think we used to ju- make this joke: WFH doesn't mean work from home; we work from hotel. Yeah. But I think on Fridays, that is very much the new normal. I have a really hard time envisioning corporate America being back in the office five days, including Friday. I think we will see a strong push for people to return to the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But I think Friday is kind of gone. And what the implications then are, I think, for the industry are that the Sunday night that did quite well, the shoulder day, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday night and Thursday night did quite well. I think they both over-indexed. I think Sunday is going to go way back to normal and people are not going to take, because they're not going to take Monday off, but I think they're going to be able to travel on Thursday. And I think Thursday night, therefore, is going to continue to stay over-indexed. Oh, I was just kind of emphasizing that Thursday night, that Thursday is Well, the think about it, night. Steph. Mm-hmm. You know, this year, uh, I think if I remember correctly, New Year's Eve is on Monday, and so is Christmas, right? Do I have that right? I think yes. I do, right? And so if you already, if you can take Friday as your kind of free work from hotel, now you've set yourself up for one hell of a great New Year's Eve party, right? And then in time and holidays. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that's why we're seeing some of these holidays that are so all the federal holidays that run on Monday, they're actually doing better than they did, if I remember correctly, because again, you have that freedom that you didn't have three years ago or four years ago, even though a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people took the Fridays off anyway, but took vacation time. But now you don't have to take vacation time and you can still have a long, longer weekend than before. So there's the continuing trend of the fun people staying in hotels and paying a lot of money to stay in hotels all over the world in all different types of markets. And then there is the story of the people owning, buying, and selling hotels. So I have to ask you guys before we break for the day, you know, we've seen two major REITs handing back keys on hotels. Everybody has an opinion on this. You go to Twitter, you go to the New York Times, doesn't matter, you talk to people at a conference, everyone has an opinion on 
why that happens. I want to hear yours. Of course we have an opinion too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me um, more. So when coming out of NYU, it was very clear there was this bifurcation in narrative. There is the KPI conversation where all the brands are like, life is good, second half is fine. And then there are the lenders, brokers, and owners who are looking at each other saying, uh-oh, because we don't know what interest rates ultimately will be like as long as the Federal Reserve signals further interest rate hikes. Recession or no recession, they're saying, look, we think we're going to do a raise every other meeting. That means we're not quite sure how terminal interest rates are going to look, which means it's really hard to underwrite what our interest rates cost are, which means, you know what, let's just sit on the sidelines and wait until we have better visibility. If I look at the CoStar total deal volume in Q2, it was just over $5 billion. That's 55% below where it was in Q2 of last year. And I would not be surprised if the third quarter data comes in basically the same. And then the fourth quarter, I actually think, yeah, there's probably going to be some more activity. You mentioned Park, you mentioned Ashford. The truth is there is, you know, roughly uh, 25 or 30 billion dollar in CMBS loans that are coming due that need to be refinanced. And if some owners are saying, look, this new interest rate environment is just not for me, you know, maybe they're going to walk away. The new if you were able to finance, I don't know, three, four five years ago at a four handle today, that's an eight or nine handle. Things are getting a lot more expensive suddenly, and you may realize, you know what, this is not worth my my money. I don't want to throw good money after bad money, especially mm -hmm. if the value of the property is impaired. So that conversation, I think, is going to continue. But on the other hand, you have a lot of private debt and private bankers, uh, lenders saying, oh, this is my time. I can offer an owner very expensive debt for a very short period, one or two years, knowing they're going to refinance, refinance out of it. But that mezzanine, that bridge financing costs maybe, I don't know, 12%. <laughs> but then the owner lives to fight another day. Right. You know, so it's and not attractive. And hopefully has a plan to cover it, right? Exactly. Right. And then the interest rates by that point will be a little bit lower and you can re refinance mm -hmm. out of it or and you can sell, you know, because there's more visibility. So that's sort of the way I think about it. I think it's going to be slow in the third quarter as we have continued refinancing uncertainty. Do you think you're gonna see more keys being returned? Cause that's, I was actually, you know, Park, I understood Park actually, I was more surprised a little bit. I think I was surprised at Ashford. I think the, the interesting piece to the Park story to me was they did it and their stock price went up. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think that sort of yeah. gave a lot of publicly traded owners a sense of like, oh, well, mm -hmm. let's look at our portfolio very, very closely. But they were heavily invested in San that. Francisco. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were heavily vested in San Francisco where Ashford, that their portfolio is more widespread. Mm -hmm. So that's why I saw, okay, I, I could understand Park. I did not understand and so I'm surprised the lenders didn't want to work something out. I was surprised it was not a workout. And, and I mean, the other asterisk for a while, trying to work I'm through sorry. it. Yeah, the, I mean, the other asterisk next to the park story is always maybe this was just a negotiation tactic. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, to the lender, of course. Well, we're coming up on our end time, guys. How, what does the weather look like out there? It's better. We're not. Uh, we're not so, worried about. So you know, skies are tornadoes. clearing up. Sunny skies ahead. Is that the metaphor that we're going to end on? It's cloudy. I think <laughs> it's I cloudy think, now. No, it's but... going to be partly sunny. That's how we got to okay. describe the next several partly months. Partly sunny. Partly sunny. So you know, it's not clear skies. There are lots of things out there that we still don't know how they're going to play out. 
but over but it's not dark skies either it's just partly sunny enjoy the sun i think that's a great note to end on thank you as always for joining me jan and isaac and we'll see you at the next time we sit down to record where you tell me more thank you thanks Want more of the latest news and insights from across the global hotel industry? Head to hotelnewsnow.com for up-to-the-minute breaking news and subscribe to the new Hotel News Now podcast to hear directly from industry leaders. Available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find podcasts.